Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Thursday, October 29th. It is official. Nashville SC is playing for the MLS Cup. After Atlanta and Miami both lost on Wednesday night, the boys in gold officially clinched a playoff spot in their first year as a franchise. Nashville SC becomes just the fifth expansion team in MLS history to make the playoffs in their first season and just the second to do so since 2009. The Chicago Fire in 1998, the Miami Fusion also in 1998, the Seattle Sounders in 2009 and Atlanta United in 2017 are the only other squads to reach the MLS playoffs in their inaugural season. It's quite an accomplishment for the ownership group, the club's front office, Gary Smith, and those players. Technical director Mike Jacobs went out and sprinkled just enough offense onto a formidable defensive squad, and Coach Smith got them playing their best soccer at the exact right time, which is now. What's really exciting about getting to watch the club in the postseason is that it's actually okay for fans to build up some genuine expectation. Nashville SC is playing some of the best two-way soccer in the Eastern Conference right now, and while a championship run might be a bit ambitious, hoping for a couple of rounds of action isn't all that far-fetched. I'd like to start in the SEC today, where the officiating in this league has been bad. Now, defenses have been bad too, and honestly, we have no clue how to accurately evaluate much of anything in 2020 while playing a 10-game conference schedule, so plenty of slack should be given to all parties involved. And I generally believe that blaming the refs for a loss in almost every single American sport is pretty lazy fandom, to be honest with you. So after all of that throat clearing, uh, we got to say something about the officials in the SEC, because there have been far too many egregious, game-changing calls in this conference through just five weeks of action. And all the league has to say about it are these short little press releases that leave us all wanting a whole lot more, including Lane Kiffin. I would like to posit a question for football fans and the governing bodies like the NFL and the SEC that would fundamentally change the way we all consume the game of football forever. Isn't it about time that we let the officials defend themselves publicly and in real time? Isn't it time that we release all of the private grades and data that we know the NFL and the SEC has stored up over all these years? Honestly, coaches go out there and take critical questions all the time, being held accountable for their decisions. Players in college football have to answer for their actions on and off the field all the time, and they don't even get paid for it. I totally understand why coaches cannot be questioning the validity of the officiating and why hanging your officials out to dry to answer questions in real time could create some problems. I, I get it. I totally understand. But I also see tons of value in new levels of transparency. Let's have referee stats posted online, just like yards per play, tackles for loss, and time of possession. This crew calls the fewest number of holding calls and gets it right X percent of the time, ranking first in both categories in the SEC. This crew over here calls the fewest number of pass interference penalties and gets it wrong X percentage of the time, ranking as the worst crew in the SEC. What are the appropriate and acceptable margins for error for every penalty in the game? Why isn't that posted? Why don't we know that information as fans? We know the NFL has this level of information for every type of penalty, every official, and every crew in every game. Let's make it all public and let them answer questions from the media, for example, after a game. It's not like our current system protects them from outraged fans or, or talking heads like me from blathering on about how awful they were on Saturday, right? If the stats and officials were made public and accessible, wouldn't we all be better off? Refs have to make literally thousands of calls per football game, and I'm willing to bet you that they get the calls right 99% of the time, but we don't talk about the 142 times the officials have to spot the ball perfectly with their naked eye. 
We are only consumed with the one time the ball grazed off the return man's fingertip on the kickoff, and it might have changed the outcome of the game. As an aside, I am consistently amazed at how important and inexact the science of spotting the football actually is in every game I've ever watched. That is an incredibly difficult job, and they do it pretty damn well. We'd be better fans, and we'd understand how tough the job is, and maybe have a better understanding of when to be legitimately outraged at a truly poor performance, and when we might be overreacting, if everything was made available. In the NFL, both the Bengals and the Titans took it pretty light on Wednesday in their first day back onto the practice field this week. Lots of dudes got rest for both teams, as should be expected after the Titans played three football games in 13 days. The matchup, though, is far more intriguing than the massive gap in records would indicate. The 1-5-1 and one Bengals have a rookie quarterback in Joe Burrow who's on pace to shatter most NFL rookie passing records. He's already tied for second all-time for a rookie with five 300-yard passing games, and he's done it in seven games. He's coming off a 400-yard performance last weekend, and he's got some weapons that should challenge the Titans' secondary. Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, and rookie T. Higgins are big, talented, and athletic weapons for him to target, and target he does. Boyd is eighth in the NFL with 61 targets and is coming off an 11-catch game last week. Green is 10th in the NFL with 58 targets and is coming off a season-high 7-catch performance. And Higgins is leading all NFL rookies with 43 targets. So Burrow's going to sling it around all day on Sunday. And against this defense, this secondary, this pass rush, and this third down unit, the Bengals should find plenty of space to operate. Now, that said, it took a nearly perfect performance from arguably the most talented front seven in the entire NFL last weekend to stop the Titans' offense. And in this department, the Bengals are far from competitive. Cincinnati is one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL and simply isn't equipped to stop the Titans' bread and butter. I'd expect a major challenge from the Bengals' offense, but if Arthur Smith wants to take the air out of the game, pound the defensive front with King Henry, and rest that wobbly defense, he could probably do it on Sunday and still get a relatively easy victory. With the trade deadline looming next week, John Robinson needs to get one more good look at his secondary and his defensive line against a decent offense with some talented skill weapons to better decide if he needs to make a move or not. But getting to do that while never really feeling threatened on the scoreboard. In fact, it might be the perfect matchup scenario for John Robinson to get one final evaluation of his current roster as it stands today before deciding if he needs to make one big move next week or not. I never really got a chance to talk about the Predators hiring Dan Hynote or Todd Richards on this program with all the Titans COVID nonsense that's happened over the last couple of weeks. So instead of just giving you a couple of minutes of my thoughts on the issue here on this show, the 440, we thought we'd do an entire episode about the coaching staff of the Nashville Predators on the Gold Standard, the Nashville Predators podcast, of course, right here on the 440 Sports Network, hosted by myself and the Athletics' Adam Vingan. Thursday's episode features an entire PhD, a doctorate, in the brand new Predators coaching staff. So if you want to learn anything about John Hines and the assistants, Todd Richards and Dan Hynote, please check out the Gold Standard Podcast right here on the 440 Sports Network. And you know the drill, rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you all for listening. As usual, please rate, review, and subscribe. Today is also the final day for early voting. So go vote. Be a part of American democracy. It's cool. My name is Braden Gall. This has been the 440 for Thursday, October 29th. 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.